This is this is this, this is, is life. Life. This is life. 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 This is life with Lisa Williams. For the past couple of days, my friend Leslie Bauer has very honestly and eloquently opened up her heart about her struggle with depression. You can actually read about her life and she has some wonderful ideas for you. If you struggle with depression or know somebody who does, lesliemariebauer.com is her blog. And so today, yay, Dwight Bain is with us. And I thought if it's okay with you, Dwight, we'll just continue on in that theme because a lot of people have listened to Leslie's story and shared her story and commented on her story. So I know talking about depression really resonates with people. Well, it does. And it's, and it's really common because everybody sitting at the table with us, Lisa, has, has either battled depression themselves mm-hmm. or they're in relationship with somebody who has. Mm-hmm. And it could even be little kids or their parents. This is really common stuff. But it's weird how nobody wants to talk about it. Mm-hmm. it it's, I know, stigmatized in the past, like, pull your up. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Snap out of it, you know, as Cher said. Cher said in that movie, Moonstruck, snap out of it. But yeah, um, you know, one thing that Leslie said, one in four women will struggle with it. And I know for me, situational depression, you know, things that are really Mm -hmm. bad that happen that just take me down into a dark space has been a reality in my life in the past. Sometimes I know it's chemical and I would just love your insights. You know, Dwight has been a counselor for, oh my word, how many years? Yeah, over 30. Over 30 years. I was going to say that, but it didn't even seem right. It's over 30 years. He's old. <laughs> when he was five, he started sitting there with his mom <laughs> saying, this is what you should do, mom. Um, but you know that Dwight has talked with a lot of people. You're not alone, Dwight could say, if you do struggle with depression or if someone you love struggles with depression. Yeah, here's the thing that's rare Because it's not rare to struggle with depression. It's not rare to feel down moods. It's not rare to feel discouraged. That's all pretty common stuff. What's rare is to talk about it. What's rare is to be able to say, you too? Me too? Mm -hmm. Because when we're able to, because think about it, how many times, particularly because my background, I came out of a religious background, and people are happy to hear about the fantastic things that are going on and how Jesus loves them so much and they got a promotion and a new house and their kid's on a full-ride scholarship to Princeton (laughs) and their dog doesn't grow up on the carpet and how everything in their life is so good (laughs) because God loves them. And so the the underlying theme and, and, and the unwritten message is if your life is down, depressed, discouraging, you suck. God doesn't like you. And it's because there's probably something in your life that you're not really dealing with. And that's that's not only a lie, mm-hmm. it's completely contrary to Scripture. When we see the Bible, we see that Jesus, we have many evidences of the master teacher dealing with grief and sadness and discouragement and weeping. Mm-hmm. We don't have any occurrences of him laughing. Now, we know he did because he went to parties and he hung out with people. And you can't travel with a bunch of guys and not have silly things happening. <laughs> right. right. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if St. Peter said, here, Jesus, pull my finger. <laughs> <laughs> but he was at a wedding, like you said. But a bunch of guys, guys you know, he, they're going to laugh a lot. He went to they're gonna laugh a lot. house and had dinner, get down out of that tree. And you know there was a lot of laughing, but there's no record of him laughing, but you're saying there's no record of there's it. There's record but of there the other. There is a record yeah. of the other. When you start to look into scripture, 
you'll see that the idea, and it's completely an American idea, the pursuit of happiness. My life has to be happy for me to be spiritual. And if Jesus really loves me, then everything in my marriage is perfect. My kids are perfect. My body image is perfect. And none of that's obtainable. It's all a lie. In the Bible, what we see is a historical record from Scripture is that some of the most spiritual people had the biggest problems. Mm -hmm. The ones that God loved the most mm -hmm. went through the most challenges, and it deepened their character. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to confuse going through a season of testing mm -hmm. with clinical depression, because clinical depression, you need to go to a counselor, and and, and, and that's a medical condition, right. a psychological See condition. See a psychiatrist and, treatable. and get treatment, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But But the part that I don't want to see people do is when all of the sudden – they say, well, you know, something in my life is not working, therefore God does not love me. Um, it, that's just, it's just not biblical. The hard times make us uh, more consistent in our faith. Mm -hmm. The hard times challenge us and, and reveal what we believe. Some people, you know, somebody said once um, about sports that sports do not build character, they just reveal character. And I think the same thing about hard times. Hard times don't build character, just shows what's inside. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And during the really hard times, if a marriage is distant and, and there's a gap and during the difficult times and they're going to go to resentment or, you know, how come that my partner doesn't love me like all those people in those movies on TV, forgetting that the people in the movies on TV in real life many times have been in three, four, five, six failed relationships. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Their life isn't good. It's just, it's an image. It's a mirage. Mm -hmm. And when I'm able to start to get real, and that's why these conversations in the coffee shop are so important. So we can just sit here and say, you too. Me too. Yeah, me, me too. too. You know, I think about what Dwight is saying, and I, I, I imagine being like you. I imagine your life, I just always imagine we're the same, you know, that you've gone through your life and you've had situations where you lose a, a family member or you have relationship problems or just situations. That's what it, it's been with me where situationally I've gone down and felt so sad and grieved and felt pain. But I don't think I'm clinically depressed because after that grieving, you know, weeping may last for a night or a week, but joy comes in the morning and in the next season there's joy. Um, and I, I will say that I did go on meds once, Dwight, because of a traumatic event that kind of gave me post-traumatic stress. And I saw a doctor and he's like, yeah, you, you have brain damage almost because it was so traumatic. Um, and, and I did that for six months and that helped me, um, medically with a, you know, a pill that I took for six months, an antidepressant. But, but then I, I do want to say that I have, you know, there's one friend listening and their situation is like they can't get out of it. Like they they don't want to get out of bed. Um, I read a letter yeah. from someone yesterday. He said, my, my wife is so depressed. She's unresponsive. I had to carry her from the bathroom to the bedroom and she will not speak to me. And it's depression and I, I need prayer. I don't know what to do. I mean, that's a real deal for some people, Dwight. It really is. And the, and the sad reality for so many people, because uh, I want you to, I, I wish, this is when I wish that we had a, like a video chat or something, because mm -hmm. I would draw a big U shape, like a capital U, mm -hmm. because depression is a pit, and then there's what's called adjustment depression or environmental-based depression, and, and it's it's closer to the, to the surface, the top of this U shape, uh, and the top of the U is kind of normal functioning. 
you know, somebody loses a job, they find out that their marriage partner has been cheating with with their best friend, and, and that's a double betrayal. I mean, these horrible things that happen, but they're not affected biochemically. They're not affected hormonally. Re- remember, one in four women will go through postpartum depression after having a baby. Yeah, it's very real. I did. Going through menopause, we have so many, you know, stories of very real depression. Yeah. You know, fun story. When I graduated from Liberty University with my master's degree over 30 years ago, at the time, my mom was going through menopause, and she would get into these just deep depressions. And my mom was never an unhappy, weepy person, always very positive. And and I would say, you know, because, you know, I had this big degree, and I, <laughs> I'll never forget saying, Mom, this is in your head, because my professors, and it's the only time I've ever heard my mom cuss, and <laughs> she said, um, and how many menstrual cycles did your male professors have? And how many of your male professors were in menopause? And I said, well, well, none. But they told me that when a woman goes through this, and she said, they told you wrong. And then she said a word. And it's like, it, we're, both of us were so shocked. It's like, is that even in your lexicon? Do you even have that in your brain? Well, man, she was speaking and some it truth. made an impression. Right? It made an impression because I realized that my male professors had lied to me. Yeah. Because it wasn't just in your head. Hormones are real. Yeah. 30 years ago, so they weren't we, teaching that, I guess, huh? No, no, my goodness, no. And, and, and you know, when I start to look at the lies that people are taught, and one of those lies is, if you're really depressed, somehow God doesn't love you. Lie. And that's just not, not true. true. It's an absolute fabrication. No. It's an absolute lie. And let's say you did something horrible, and, and you think, well, God, you know, is punishing me. Because God will correct us for wrong behavior, but it's to bring us back to the joy of our salvation. The only reason for correction is to say, if you stay on that path, it's going to kill you, and I'm going to stop you. It's like tackling somebody going toward the wrong end zone in football. I'm just trying to keep you from making a bigger mess here. Come on. Come back to who you really are. But when somebody's that depressed and discouraged, and and maybe there's somebody listening right now, mm-hmm. when you're in that situation, you have to reach out. You reach out to Lisa or to me or or to a friend or somebody you know at a church or a Bible study. You don't go through it alone because when you get deep enough into that, the bottom of that U-shaped pit, there's absolutely a place you cannot come out by yourself. That's why medication can be an option or talking to a counselor or a psychologist or a psychiatrist, talking to a pastor. You have to talk to someone, but some things go into literally the person's biochemistry has changed. Some people uh, do well with, with, with nature. Mm-hmm. You go back in time 100 years, yeah. nobody knew about the impact on the brain, so they would take people to what were called sanatoriums. Uh, the Seventh-day Adventist hospital movement was kind of born out of that. And they would be in very quiet places in nature, like you were when you went to Yellowstone, mm-hmm. and just quiet places yes. of quiet and worship and meditation and journaling. And just being out in nature and quiet with God, your body will start to reset, particularly if you're in sunshine. It'll brighten your mood. But depression is real, and recovering from it is real. You don't have to stay in the bottom of that you right. forever. You and climb out, but you usually can't do it at a certain point by yourself. You need you need the help of somebody. Right, else. and that is what I really appreciated about Leslie's story. It was just her life story that she told these past so two courageous. days. And if you haven't heard it, please go back and listen. But those are the last words she said was, you have to bring it into the light. You have to talk to someone. You have to bring it into the light. And her story is rare because... Um, she was affected by moving from, um, like Arizona to Portland when she was a little girl, like the, the clouds, just as a little girl. But then at 19, it was so severe that she had to be medicated and for many years was medicated. Then she, f- she felt like there was a supernatural healing. 
And then she started using supplements. And now to this day, she kind of comes in and out and she walks this struggle, but she looks to Christ for hope of who she really is. And she talks about it and she gets help. And her story to me is unique because it shows there's so many different ways God can heal. There's so many different ways through medicine, through counseling, through supplements, through being out in the sunshine. And so hopefully from that story and from the things that Dwight has said today, um, I just... I just don't want anybody to, to languish and lose their life or, or stay in a place well, where they can move out. And that's why I wanted to talk about I, this again today with you, Dwight. Well, we need, we need to talk about it. I remember years ago, Sheila Walsh was uh, a co-host of one of the most popular yes. religious TV shows mm-hmm. in the country. And I remember she disappeared, like off the scene. It's like, where did she go? Because mm-hmm. she has a Scottish accent and, and, and is just you know, very recognizable. And when she came back after this three-month absence, she said, I was in a psychiatric hospital. I checked myself in because I was depressed and suicidal and overwhelmed. And I remember, one, how much respect I had for the woman that she could openly tell her story. I'm not perfect. Yeah, I'm on TV, but I'm not perfect. I've got a lot of pain and problems in my life. I respected her so much. And the second thing I was shocked by is how many people said, I will never watch her again. Hmm. And I thought, you hypocrites. Because there is a lie in our culture, I'm going to call it out as a straight lie, that the happy people are perfect, that the spiritual people don't have a problem, that their kids always make the right decisions and don't smoke weed. And, and, and there is this lie in religious circles that you have to be perfect and you have to be flawless. And it's a lie because what it does is it keeps people in shame, it keeps them in bondage. And sometimes to be able to say, you know what, I don't know how I'm going to get through the day sometimes. I'm so scared about money. I'm so afraid about health. I don't know what's going to happen in this marriage, but God, I know I need you. The more honest we get, the more real we get, the more healing we get. But watch this, not just the more healing we get as we share our story with other people of desperately needing God, then they get freedom too. So we go from this perfect image life to you're messed up, me too. Let's get through it together. And that is what the Christian message is about. It's not more religious, you know, my life is perfect. It's I'm hurting and I'm broken, I'm shattered. I desperately need God. And I'm going to be around some people who are hurting and shattered who desperately need God too. And together we walk through this experience called life. And that's where the healing comes from. It's in sharing my story and it's in helping other people uh, listen by listening to their story and helping them carry their story as we walk through it together, we get stronger and we heal. Amen. You cannot do that by yourself. Amen. You have to do it with others. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dwight. Thank you for saying all of that. And I hope it was for somebody. You, you know, one thing that went through my mind was for me, right? That's what I was thinking. One thing that went through my mind when you were speaking, the only people who don't need God because they're utterly dependent on him are just the people who don't know that yet. And you'll figure that out this side of heaven or you will figure it out on the other side that you need Jesus. You desperately need Jesus. You you 100% desperately need a savior. And if you don't know that yet, you just, you do. You just don't know it yet. So that's right. Yeah. And so I love all those words and I love deep thoughts and I love Jesus and I love Dwight Bain. And I love that you just heard us and that you're a part of this conversation at lifewithlisawilliams.com. When you come to lifewithlisawilliams.com, you can find out about India Partners. They are partnering with me for this season um, so that I can 
just help get the word out and tell the stories of little girls who are rescued from the red light districts of Mumbai. And even though they're born there and seem almost like it's doomed that they're gonna work there, there are people in safe houses on the outskirts of the city who ask the moms, can your little girl come? And you can come visit her whenever you want, but we will make sure she has a safe bed, education, medical care, food. These are worthy endeavors to support. And so if you are yes. interested, come and click on India Partners at lifewithlisawilliams.com. And when you get here, you can also leave a message for Dwight Bain. Hashtag thanks for listening.